Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppe with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. What I hope uh, is a very timely podcast because we're emerging from the pandemic. Finally, it's safe to go out. But for some people, uh, this is posing all kinds of problems. They're suffering from re-entry anxiety. And so today, we're going to revisit with one of my favorite guests, He's my go-to guy when it comes to emotional management. He's Dr. Christian Conti. He's one of the country's most accomplished mental health specialists in the field of anger and emotional management. Uh, he's one of only a handful of people who've earned a level five anger management certification. And we'll find out what that entails. He's the creator of something called Yield Theory and... Oh, by the way, May is Mental Health Month, so it's kind of a double witching hour. Uh, we got a lot of mental health challenges. It's Mental Health Month, and we've got an expert on the line. He's also the author of Walking Through Anger, a great book which uh, combines Buddhist wisdom, neuroscience, and his own hands-on experience as a top anger management therapist. So without further ado, here's Dr. Conti. Christian, it's a pleasure having you back on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, I'm always glad to be on your show. I, I, I always enjoy our conversations. Well, indeed. Yeah, we, we always have uh, great conversations. And, uh, you know, to tee it off a little bit, um, you know, we have um, what for some people are really sort of uh, dismaying mixed signals about COVID-19. On the one hand, things are getting better. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we've been marinating in fear and paranoia for many months. Uh, so this is posing a dilemma for a lot of people. A lot of people are impatient, angry, uh, ready to bust out. And for some people, this uh, easing of the restrictions uh, is actually anxiety provoking. Uh, even with vaccinations, some people afraid to go out. They still, you know, even when they're told they don't need to wear masks, they still feel it's kind of a security blanket. So uh, help us reflect on this state of affairs. Well, I think you know as well as anyone that fear and anxiety are neurological twins. And when people don't know, when they don't know what to do, 
that that fear can manifest as anxiety. And then when that anxiety kicks in, they say, well, well, if you're not going to tell me what to do, I have to figure this out for myself. That triggers a bunch of anxiety. And here's a really cool thing that we can get into today. But we would much rather be angry than anxious or in fear. <laughs> yeah. So we end up having a lot of anger right now. And I'm seeing it all over the country. It's probably all it's all over the world. I'm just seeing it a lot in the United States right now. Yeah, there really does seem to be a pandemic of uh, anger because if I, as I drive along on the highways, I see really crazy aggressive driving. Uh, you know, you read the headlines, uh, people are acting out in all kinds of ways. Uh, crime rates are soaring. Uh, and there's even, you know, the kind of anger that people express on social media. Uh, lots of arguments on Twitter. Uh, whether it's about politics or whether it's about, uh, you know, I'm a vegan. No, I'm a carnivore. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, really reaching kind of a, a boiling point. Well, it's a, it's a mix of what I call the cartoon world. The cartoon world is our world of shoulds. You should think, feel, believe, behave the way I think you should. And then there's the real world, how people actually think, feel, believe and behave. And what's happening is people are coming out and, you you know almost like if you think if you push something down you push it down you push it down then boom it pops up later we've been pushing down a lot of stuff haven't been able to express a lot of thoughts about what's happening and then all of a sudden now everybody's out and it's called the fancy word is enantiodromia that's a jungian term sounds mm. fancy but it really means mm. is we go from one extreme to the other so here so, we say go say that again what what is the term again enantiodromia so it's e n and then a n t i so I always I, I love listen I love I taught grad school for years and yeah. I used to say break down words in anti-adrome. So for the audience, let me break it down. En yeah. Yeah. is with anti opposite yeah. uh, and then dromedary for walking. So you're literally oh. walking in the opposite direction. Wow, so, you know I learned a new word here today. I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it comes from uh, Jung. Jung coined that term, yeah. and, and what he said was basically we go from one extreme to the other. So we go from okay, I'm just going to be passive. I'm going to be told what to do, mm -hmm, what to mm -hmm, do, what to do. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally get out there, I'm going to snap because I'm going to the other extreme. I'm tired of being told what to do. And I, you know, I, unfortunately, I, I, this is no, um, I, I feel bad that I predicted this, but I predicted this for throughout the year. I said, when we finally can come back out, I'm concerned about mass shootings. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I work with some of the top security agencies in the world. We're seeing that. We're seeing that a lot. Uh, maybe even more that's been more than what's being reported on the news. We're seeing these mass shootings because people are angry and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to direct this anger. Um, that's why I think this conversation we're having today is going to be super important for a lot of people out there. And we're seeing it uh, manifest in uh, what I would term uh, mask aggression. Uh, on the one hand, you know, there are people who are uh, uh, walking around and they're the mask vigilantes. They see people without masks and, and they're angry. They're, you know, they, 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 they come up to them. They accost them. Uh, wear a mask or, you know, you, you know, you're, you're, you're getting too close to me. Uh, and on the other hand, you have the people who are, uh, the opposite, the people who are, are flagrantly unmasking and they see people with masks and it really ticks them off. It's kind of like, uh, you know, not wearing a mask is the equivalent of, uh, uh, wearing a MAGA hat for some people and, uh, you know, for, for, for others, uh, uh, wearing a mask is a sign of, uh, you know, complicity with, with big government, 
uh, and uh, you must be watching too much MSNBC. You know that it, the people are <laughs> there's really divided. Like like the the battle lines are drawn. They are. They are. You know, and I think people really it comes back to this concept of the cartoon world. People really want to control others. Like if you're wearing masks, you're going, listen, you should be thinking you should have the same fear I have. And if you don't have a mask, you're going, you should not care about any of this stuff. And so it's it's so silly to take one of this extreme or the other. People like us have spent our careers recognizing a balance that there's wisdom in recognizing, you know, there are things to be mindful about, but at the same time, probably not go into such intense fear is what a lot of people have right now. Um, so the challenge, I think, for most people that I try to, to, to teach about is – not trying to control others. Go ahead, and, go ahead and do whatever you need to follow, but let's not try to control other people. Well, there, for every fear, there's always a real basis. You know, people who are mortally afraid of spiders or snakes. I mean, it is true that occasionally they're they're venomous. Occasionally, they can injure or kill you. But in reality, these fears are are magnified. This is what is called a phobia, and a, a, a term has been coined, coronaphobia. And I think, you know, the, the, the reality of it is that, yes, it's, it's still around and it still poses a threat to some of us to less to a lesser degree, people who are vaccinated. But, you know, hypothetically, one could get sick. So uh, how do you balance that out? What, what sort of mental gymnastics do we need to do uh, to accommodate ourselves to these, these new realities? Well, I think the other thing that happened, too, uh, just before we, we talk about that part is people became really comfortable in these new roles where mm -hmm. if you struggled with a lot of anxiety about controlling others, you actually had a you had an outlet for it. Because, yes. look, I'm following the rules. Now I'm telling you, you better follow yep. the rules. And then all of a sudden the rules change and you're like, oh, crap, I can't yell at you anymore about that. But I still want to. Right. And so there's a lot of internal conflict for many, many people out there. And it comes back to. We cannot control others. It was an illusion to begin with that we can control others. <laughs> I think people got this false sense of empowerment. Like, I can tell you, you should or shouldn't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we still live in the United States of America. We have an ability to think for ourselves and make our own decisions. Mm -hmm. So it comes back to not trying to control others. And that's easier said than done. Because you know as well as I do. Look, if anybody out there is listening and, and they have a, a spouse and – so like most people, if you've had a spouse for a while, you, you're used to driving in a car with them. But when they drive, it's like, hey, listen, slow down or <laughs> make sure you yeah, stop here. Yeah. There's a lot of high anxiety. And that anxiety comes from a lack of control. So then there starts to be nagging like you should do this. You mm -hmm. should do that. <laughs> and that's really what's happening with these this whole situation. Mask or don't mask. It's people trying to control others to think the way they think. And I think we, we end up finding a lot of unrest in ourselves when we try to do that. I, I think that a lot of people have uh, become accustomed to certain rituals. And we know that in the medical condition, the psychiatric condition, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety drives certain rituals. You know, people do the checking and they wash their hands repeatedly. Uh, but we've all been made a little bit into OCD people uh, or uh, misophobic people. That's a word that, uh, you know, uh, isn't is kind of a novel word, but it's it's the germ phobia. We've all uh, been turned into OCD people uh, using these rituals to sort of uh, reassure us that uh, no harm will come to us. So it's hard to shed these rituals, isn't it? 
It very much is. And you're absolutely right. When we, when you say it like that, it, you're actually right on the money. Think about how many times on the news, make sure you wash your hands repeatedly. Make sure you check your, your baggage. Like when you come back from the grocery store, and all that kind of like swabbing your stuff the surfaces and all that. Yeah. Yes. So we've been told, we've been conditioned for that for a long time. And many people fail to recognize that they're being conditioned. And it's not like it's some grand plot. This isn't some conspiracy theory. <laughs> no. It's called the world. Like if you constantly hear, make sure you're swabbing your groceries or all that stuff, eventually over time, that is how you're being conditioned. And then now all of a sudden, without people telling you you should or shouldn't do it, you're left to your own devices. And that's where you have to think for yourself. And that can be challenging. And not not in a negative way, but just in the fact that, look, we kind of rely on people tell we rely on experts to tell us how to be. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging for people when they hear, no, you're the expert of your own health. You're the expert of your own life. You decide. And that can be challenging for a lot of people. And unfortunately, uh, the, it's this has been a moving target. And through you know, probably no fault of their own. Uh, the experts have been inconsistent and uh, people are getting whiplash from, you know, contradictory statements. So a few weeks ago, uh, the head of the CC, uh, CDC, the Rachel Walensky said, uh, I have um, a, a presentiment of, of doom. I, 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 I really think we're in for a very, very bad situation. Well, it didn't come true. And now she comes on smilingly on TV <laughs> saying, you don't need to wear a mask anymore if you've been vaccinated and you can go about your business. Well, uh, that's going to create cognitive whiplash for people. It is. It, that, it most certainly does. It creates cognitive dissonance. And here's the reason why. You're, there was no precipitating factor that had people release the mass. In other words, there was no definitive study that said, you know what? We actually just finished this. We finally mm-hmm. completed yeah. it yeah. on this day. And now we see don't wear masks. <laughs> it was just a random day where they said, um, OK, you don't have to wear masks. So the people who did have that anxiety and fear for those people, they didn't really know They're why. Trusted. Yeah. yeah. They go, why, why don't I trust it? Why am I all of a sudden not wearing a mask? And for others, they were going, well, I said that all along. Now yeah. they're randomly telling me. So right, right. confirmation bias kicked in either way. Yeah, that's confirmation bias, right? So, um, by the way, uh, Dr. Conti uh, has a real-world anger management program, which is available now exclusively on the Himalaya learning platform. You go to Himalaya.com slash anger. And enter promo code ANGER to get your first 14 days free. What what would that be like? I mean, if people are feeling, I mean, who, who is eligible for that? And um, uh, what's it like to undertake that program? So I think it's one of the uh, most hands-on, pragmatic anger programs I've done. It's an audio program. So for those of you out there who are listening to this, if you like to listen to audio programs, it's eight episodes, and you're going to hear some of the most absolutely real-world, pragmatic anger management can use. Like, for instance, I remember growing up thinking uh, I would hear things like, hey, if you're angry, count to 10 and walk away. But mm-hmm. we, we've actually learned that, that can, that's pop psychology, and that can be actually extraordinarily detrimental and lead to actually more violence in many cases. So I teach you like real world hands on stuff. Like I'm in prisons. I work with maximum security inmates. I work with mm-hmm. literally some of the most violent people in the world. And uh, and I try to teach people what I call real world anger management. So I, I think it's a real powerful program and I'm excited about it. And that Himalaya platform's great. They can get 14 days free. So that's awesome. 
I, by the way, I just, uh, I just sort of randomly, you know, I, I do watch a lot of random TV. It's probably not good for me, but I need to do a brain rinse. And so I, I happened on a movie that you're probably familiar with, the movie Anger Management uh, with yes. uh, Nicholson and uh, uh, who's that with again? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, yeah. Adam Sandler. Which, Hilarious. So uh, do, you, do you recall the movie? Yes, I do. So what was wrong about the approach that uh, uh, Jack Nicholson was using? He was a therapist. He was like an eccentric uh, anger management therapist. And he did everything he could do to provoke uh, this rather docile uh, uh, Adam Sandler uh, into explosive rage as a, as a means of like a catharsis. I mean, what's wrong with, with that approach? I mean, you must well, have been well, amused by that movie because that you that's what you are, an anger management specialist. Right, right, right. But repression. So actually, if you if you think about repression, right, right, where did repression come from? That's Sigmund Freud. And Freud actually said that repression isn't the source of the problem. It's when you don't allow repression to do its job. So you fight against that repression. So mm -hmm. when we and look, and, and, and this it is energizes it, it energizes that whatever that that repressed emotion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And here's a, I have a wonderful example. Pre 9-11, people used to say in crisis management, uh, you had to get it was called crisis in, in incident stress debriefing CISD. They used to say, listen, you got to put everybody in a room and make them talk it out. And what they found after 9-11 with a slew of research was they were actually inducing uh, post-traumatic stress disorder hmm. in many people. Because they were making people talk about something Reliving that their it, yeah. psyches otherwise would have rather just, you know, yeah. discarded and been like, I'm cool, I repressed it, I'm good. And so that's a great example of why that movie's funny. It's hilarious, but it's it's kind of a pop psychology thing because we don't need to make somebody um, release that anger that's in them if it's not really in them or if they're handling it effectively. The other aspect I remember, because I used to always see this in my groups, guys would come in and they'd be like, uh, there was a famous line from that movie that said, goose frabra, like you had to say, like you had to say this little uh, mantra or whatever it is. And whereas the, there are elements of that that are true, the reality is that your, your self-talk certainly does drive your level of anger, but saying some nonsensical word isn't what's going to bring you balance. What's going to bring you balance is accurate balanced language so instead of saying he never talks to me you go well you know he didn't talk to me today and i would have liked him to mm -hmm. so when you find that balance that is what will have you feel a little better than this extreme language mm -hmm. and also i mean one thing that was in vogue in psychology for a while is that you know people would punch a pillow or they'd actually give people sledgehammers and they would like smash uh, tv sets or something like that in an effort to uh, get it out of their system, almost as if uh, they needed a laxative to, uh, uh, you know, a cathartic to get, get you know, some toxic material out. That's not a very useful approach, is it? It's not. It's not. And I, I actually, um, I, I, I try to educate people around this. It's really important. So think about this. We used to say, oh, uh, Punch a pillow when you're angry. But what we're teaching young people is this. When you're angry, punch. Stimulus, mm -hmm. response. Yeah. Yeah. Anger, punch. Anger, punch. And then all of a sudden, we're surprised later in life when they're angry and punch and do domestic violence or, mm -hmm. or get into a physical uh, uh, fist fight. And so I don't believe 
that it is effective for us to train. Listen, we master what we practice. So if we train ourselves, anger, punch, anger, punch, we're going to master that. Instead, what I would invite people to do is be mindful that when they get angry, recognize it's an emotion. Look, it's, it's intense. But it's going to have a beginning, it'll have a middle, it'll have an end, it's going to pass. And be mindful that even though your emotions are going to come and go, your actions cannot be undone. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't yeah. get to say, oh, I didn't mean to do that um, mm-hmm. because it's done. I didn't mean to say that because it's said. So emotions come and go. So it takes self-discipline. Look, and that's honestly, that's a lot of my work is to teach people it takes self-discipline. It's not a matter of... Uh, just say this or just say these words or kumbaya and all that. No, it takes self-discipline. It takes practice. It's a way of life. You've got to cultivate a healthy mindset. And yeah, that takes some energy and dedication. The great news is that once you do that, you can find tremendous sense of balance. But yeah, it's going to take a little effort. You know, many of the uh, convicted criminals that you work with in the justice system, uh, they are guilty of impulsivity. They, they may not be inherently more angry than the average person, but they act on their impulses. There's no filter, right? That's really well said because I have not had – and I specialize in violence. And I, I have not had the experience to say that people who have been convicted of violent crimes are, are angrier than normal people. Um, I think the challenge comes down to impulsivity. I think – the, the, and, and look, and, I, and again, it's not judgment. Let's just look at a scientist. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember those that series of books. Um, uh, it was called The Naked Ape. And I'm trying to think of the guy's name that wrote those books um, and the human zoo. And he wrote these books. He was an anthropologist and kind of looked at humans as just animals. Desmond said, Morris, if I was right? just, Desmond Morris. Desmond Morris. That's yeah. it. Desmond, yes, Desmond yeah. Morris. And when he wrote those books, he said, let me just look at humans as – um, as an animal, and let me just look at the behavioral observations. Mm-hmm. And I love that perspective. I have a similar perspective. So when I look at people, I say, All right, look, it's not that they have more anger, but sometimes people who have struggled with trauma early on or brain injuries, um, you know, we know TBI, we know with traumatic brain injuries, mm-hmm. obviously people's frontal cortex, they, they have some injury where it inhibits their ability to control their impulses. Yep. But even though even if we can't pinpoint an exact injury, what we know is whatever happened, whether it's life experiences, repetition, or whether it is a undocumented brain injury, people somehow don't control their emotions. They snap. And the moment after they do it, and I'm talking about I work with people who murder others and, and, and rape others. And then after they do it, it's like, ah, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and now not, not everybody, some people intentionally absolutely mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. but for some people, yeah, they do it impulsively seeking to alleviate that emotional angst. Like if I snap right now, I'm going to feel better. And they do momentarily, but then they regret it. And then they live in guilt and shame. Right. Because the, uh, the, the, the emotion resides within you, but, uh, once it, uh, sort of boils over, into the material world, uh, that's where real damage can occur. Yeah, because you look at somebody, you say, "Listen," and 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 I like to. I, I I'm 
I'm big on this metaphor that I use about the cartoon world versus the real world. Because our cartoon world, again, we say, you shouldn't have offended me there. Mm -hmm. And now I lash out Mm because I don't have the ability to, you know, I have what's called low frustration tolerance. I I really can't, I can't tolerate having these frustrations. So Mm -hmm. I snap, try to control them within others. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we work with people and try to help them increase their frustration tolerance. In other words, they're able to say, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. However, it's not the end of the world and I can handle it. And, you know, it's funny because if we were talking, I feel like if we were talking 20 years ago, we'd be talking about just the physical actions. But now in today's world with Twitter and mm-hmm. cancel culture yeah. and all that stuff, people are angry no matter what. Like, dear God, you thought yeah. something different than I did. I, I, I hate you. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I actually had an experience uh, like that recently. Uh, is I posted something and I thought it was rather innocuous on uh, uh, Facebook. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of approval. And then, you know how sometimes people sort of ambush you on Facebook? Sometimes they just jump on out of the blue uh, with yeah. a bit of a tirade. And uh, <laughs> it was it was actually a little bit personally insulting. And, um, you know, and I could have gotten into an argument, uh, you know, which is my initial impulse, and started debating uh, but what I did was, um, you know, I just put like a little because the guy who did this is, a, you know, a guy who was an old friend and, you know, someone that uh, I went to school with. And so I just uh, posted, you know, a little joke phrase and a smile icon. And I just kind of smoothed that over because, you know, when I went through the cal- my initial impulse was to argue, but when I went through the calculation, I said it's really not worth jeopardizing this relationship permanently by escalating. And uh, so I I think that's the little example. You know, it wasn't a fisticuffs, but you know these days we have um, electronic fisticuffs a lot. That's how people get their aggressions out and anonymously and remotely. We do. And actually, I think you set a beautiful example for your listeners because so many people feel like they have to, oh, I have to get this dig in. I mean, I need to, you know, dig get my the last feet word. In. Is there, is there yeah. ever a last word, you know, other than, you know, taking no, out, uh, you know, a, a, an automatic rifle and, you know, plugging a person? Maybe the last right. word. No, listen, I put in one of my, well, I have a couple short books like teaching stories and life lessons, little one to two page stories with lessons. But in one of them, I talked about how there's no such thing in real life as a mic drop. So, so in these, right. these rap battles, they have these things where they, they rap at somebody and yeah. then they drop the mic. Like right. I said the last right. word. But I said, look, in life, there's no such thing as a mic drop because as long as we're alive, there's always more to say. So you, and it's a, it's well absolutely yeah. just, it's it's ego to think I can drop the mic and there's nothing else to be said because no matter what we say as human beings, as long as we're alive, there's more to say. And 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 you know I'd like to take credit for that, but that actually comes from G. W. F. Hegel. And you remember that uh, philosopher who he basically said there's a thesis, like we say something, there's our thesis. Then no matter what we say, there's the antithesis. Mm-hmm. And then if we combine those two, we find a synthesis, which starts a whole new thesis. So it's like it always goes on and on. And the way Hegel described philosophy, it really seemed like a book. So in other words, we have our thesis, our antithesis, and then the synthesis, and that starts our new thesis. So it's like a, a chapter, a next chapter, next chapter. And it goes on and on for all for all time. So what happens is in those moments, so come back to that moment with you on Facebook. So this guy sees something, well, it should be this, you should have said this, blah, 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 blah. Now, 
for you to engage that, that would just go on and on and on. But what you did was kindness. Like, let me look, I'm just going to shine some light, say something lighthearted because at the end of the day, he's not going to be convinced. He was in his head anyway. Mm -hmm. He was, he was arguing some imaginary fight with you anyway, thinking probably what you, what he thought you meant. Mm -hmm. And that's not reality. Exactly. Very well put. All right. We're going to, we're going to pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. But, uh, in part two, we'll talk about some uh, practical strategies for reentry. If you're vaccinated but won't go out, if you're suffering from coronaphobia, if you're, uh, impatient, frustrated, uh, prone to bouts of depression and rage, well, we've got some solutions for you. An experienced uh, anger management and emotional uh, resilience coach, uh, Christian Conti, will be back. Uh, This is also May is Mental Health Month, so we're we're addressing some of those concerns on today's podcast. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.